Lights. Welcome back to a new episode of the Light Podcast. As always, as always, I'm joined by my brother Big John L. John, what is up? What's good? Is this thing on? <laughs> I had, this, to, I had to dust it we, off. <laughs> are we actually on the mic? We on the mics, man. We on the mic, son. Is this real? It's real. Golly. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Let me blow that dust off of there real real quick. Man, it's good to be back on the mics with you, Scott. It's it great to be back on the mics with you, bro. It is. We, we, we've been, we've been, you know, curating and designing and talking about doing this this episode for for too long, and you know, I'm sure we don't have to explain to to the fans, man. But you know, life life has you know it's it's its way of of, of making things of higher priority than the things that we want to do. You know what I mean? And um, you know, I kind of squeaked an album in there. While we were, we were on hiatus, you know what I mean? Talk about it, talk about it. So, you know, shameless plug, I, I dropped an album uh, at the end of April. I called the album Collinsville. And so I, I get a lot of questions about what that is. You know, what is Collinsville, you know? So it's... it's oh, it, whoa, time out, time out. You don't get to interview yourself on our show. Right. I was already going to get all that in. Oh. I was going to leave it as a surprise. So... <laughs> Taking a step back, yes, I'm cutting you off. I'm going to interview you about Collinsville because I, I love the LP. Man, I appreciate it. I, really- I absolutely love the LP. Nice. So now that you done brought it in, <laughs> let me ask you one very particular question. Okay. And, and this is going to be one of those questions to reintroduce who you are to the Light Podcast, basically. I already know the answer. What was your muse for Collinsville? So it was a it was a couple of different things, man. So um, I think it was a perfect storm. Like I, I, I've been I've been you know making music for the past you know I would say the better part of five years. You know what I mean? And kind of sharpening the sword, you know, kind of dabbling the different source material, you know, and, you know, I can't, I can't ever get away from, from jazz music. You know what I mean? And so I started listening more and more to a, a lot of the artists that worked with my grandfather, you know what I'm saying? Like artists that, that my dad listened to. And I kept coming back to that same common denominator. And that common denominator was where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm from Marstown, New Jersey. That's my hometown. But it, it goes deeper than that. Marstown is a pretty big, it's a big area. Collinsville is the neighborhood where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? And so my muse is where I'm from. And so if you look at the song titles, every song title, there's, there's, there's something special about each of those song titles. For example, the second track on the album is called Carl's Apartment. Carl's my dad. You know what I mean? Marvin Gaye was one of his favorite artists. And so if you listen to that track, Carl's Apartment, it's a sad song. It's 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 melancholy. Melancholy, if I could dab into my vocabulary a little bit. You know what I mean? It's 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 sad. And so it was sad on purpose. My dad was separated from my mother. You know what I mean? And he slipped into a, a depressive state and, you know, depended on the alcohol. You know what I'm saying? And that song 
I did my best to kind of pull from his what what anyway what was I felt was his emotive state at that time. So if you listen to that song, Marvin Gaye sounds like he's in pain. It sounds like he's crying out. He's sad. True. True. You know what I mean? And that was that's my dad. You know what I mean? That song is is how I felt. What my dad was felt like living upstairs. You know what I mean? In that in that room on the second floor of my grandmother's house in Collinsville, New Jersey. And watching us you know play outside because he was always in that window you know what i mean and uh and then watching my mom come to pick us up and take us away you know what i mean so that song is, is a journey you know into the mind of my dad you know what i mean and so again you know each, each of the tracks in that's in that album you know has something to do with my life that first track the intro where you had the little kid talking to the seer the seer is you know his you know, the, like the his his spiritual guidance, right? You know what I mean, and he's talking to the he's talking to the seer, and the seer's telling him, "Look, you know, everybody seeks a fortune. You know what I mean, but be careful because you know it might not be the fortune you seek, but you will obtain it. You know what I mean? But you got to go through some things before you get that fortune. And so that's what that album is, man. That's that's my journey. You know what I mean? So if you listen to it, you know you kind of you know try to immerse yourself in them in them tracks and, and try to you know walk with me. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. As I go, so. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, now let me ask you this question, and nobody probably ever asked you this question again. So that's why I gotta ask it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which track is your least favorite because it is the most revealing about you? Which track is my least favorite because it's the most revealing? Wow. Right. So it was the most painful to like really dig in and pull out, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it may have tapped some things that were very uncomfortable. So I'm going to leave out Carl's apartment. I think Carl's apartment was the most personal, the most personal track. And, uh-huh. and, and that's the one I, <laughs> and that's why I brought it up front like that. Um, so there's three, you know what I mean? When I go back and listen to that album and, and try to, you know, tap into the emotion. That that was required of me as I made those those songs. Um, that song Ferris Wheel. So Ferris Wheel was was very was very personal to me, man. I um, I, I sampled a song by um, Shy Coltrane. She's an, a folk singer from like the the '60s and the '70s, and the song is about life. You know what I'm saying? You know how life goes up and down and around and round. You know what I mean? And, and you know it doesn't always go as planned. You know what I mean? And if you listen to the other samples, I sampled um, an old movie with Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Berman. And, you know, she's in love with this man. And she's like, I just want to be with you. You know what I mean? And he's like, you know, basically his, 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 his attitude is like, chill. You know, I'm just trying to do my thing. You know, I gamble. You know, I'm not ready to settle down. And she's begging him, tell me, tell me you want to be with me. And so that song, the placement of that song is only like the fourth song on the album. I'm not ready to... To, to like settle down and it, it kind of mimics my journey as you know as as I move along through through my life you know what I mean and that and that song it expresses you know kind of the path that I've taken to where I am now life is life is crazy man you know it goes round and round up and down and you can't really predict as to what's going to happen next but if you don't listen if you don't pay attention the people that are there waiting in the wings that that love you that want to be there with you and help you. If That's you what it is. Right. If you don't listen, man, 
they're not going to be there when you're ready. You see what I'm saying? When you're ready to settle down and, and, and look around for the people that, that cared about you during those moments, they're going to be gone. You know what I mean? And the people that you're looking for aren't going to be there. So one of the things that I've learned, you know, and, you know, where I'm now, where I am now is to be more cognizant, to be more present, to be more aware, to really understand and, and really, you know, gravitate toward the people that um, represent that positive energy in my life. You know what I mean? I was very misguided when I was younger. And I, I think I attribute a lot of that to you know, my parents dying when I was very young. You know, I was, you know, I was a 20-year-old orphan, man. You know what I'm saying? I had to figure out a lot of stuff on my own. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, I don't, I'm not looking for any sympathy. I'm not looking for, you know, poor Scots or anything like that. I'm just telling you where, okay. I'm just telling you where I came from. You know what I mean? Right. And right. Uh, I, I, you know, I dug deep into the music. You know what I mean? And I didn't know that that's what I was doing. So now that, you know, I'm, I'm creating you know what I'm saying? I'm making music. I'm I'm now tapping into those wells that I created in my in my personality, in my in my in my emotion, in, in my heart. And this is where the music's coming from. You know what I'm saying? That's dope, man. Yeah, but so that's one. I got to talk about three. If you know, if you if you don't mind, you know what I'm saying. So go right ahead. Go right ahead. Get it off your chest. The next one is that song, her uh, Hermoso '86. Hermoso mm -hmm. is is Spanish. It means beautiful, right? And so I got a lot of people asking me, what, I don't understand this song. Like, I don't understand where it's coming from. So let me just break it down a little bit. So Hermoso means beautiful, right? And so, and then the year 86. So I've done a lot of traveling over my life, a lot of traveling, right? So my vision, my view is a little bit more worldly than it was before, obviously, right? I'm tapping into, you know, a, a lot of different cultures. And so, I, you know, I'm just trying to represent that. You know what I mean? When I use that that term, hermoso, I think it's a beautiful way to represent the word, to, to represent beautiful. And I don't mean just right. the word beautiful, like beautiful woman. I'm talking about like, as in beautiful life, as in, you know, the world is beautiful. Like, you know, my life up, you know, my life has been beautiful. You know what I mean? The my, essence of the word beauty. Yes, exactly. My daughter, my, my oldest daughter, her name is Greek for beautiful life. And she wasn't named that by accident we named her zoe you know what i mean because we wanted her to understand that she came from a place of beauty a place of love you know what i mean and that's kind of where that song comes from now when you listen to the song it starts off in 1986 the mets world series against you know the boston red sox mookie wilson is at the plate the mets are down he, you know, he 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 cracks a line drive up the first base line. Bill Buckner standing there, and you know, rest in peace, Bill Buckner. He passed away recently. Um, Bill Buckner standing there. It's a routine ground ball to first base. The ball goes through his glove. Man. The Mets win. You know what I'm saying? Ray Knight crosses the plate. The Mets win the World Series first time. And then the base drops. You know what I'm saying? And it's a it's a it's it's a it's a it's a it's a lively track. It's live, you know what I mean? It's 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 a it's a time of celebration for for New York, and that's where I'm from. I'm from New Jersey, from the metro area. The Mets were my grandfather's favorite team of all time. And so, your grandfather, once again, for everybody sitting in the back. Well, this is my, the first time. <laughs> this is my this is actually my dad's father. This is my dad's father. So while my dad so while my dad is upstairs in his apartment wallowing in, in, in sorrow and drinking his life away he passed away because of that 
grandfather's downstairs celebrating. So you know what I'm saying? It's it's a it's a contrast. You know what I'm saying? So he's downstairs celebrating. I mean, everything was everything was was blue and orange in in, in my grandfather's living room. He's a Mets fan, a Knicks fan. You know what I mean? Blue and orange. And so the Mets win. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's beautiful. It's, it's a great time. And in 1986 was a was a was a time of great memories for me. You know what I'm saying? So if I go back, I mean, there was my parents were alive. You know what I mean? My little brother was alive. We were celebrating with my grandfather, and things kind of fell apart after that. You know what I'm saying? But for that brief moment in time, that snapshot in my life, 1986, it's beautiful. You see what I'm saying? And so as you listen to the song. It's got kind of a Spanish vibe to it, right? And so New Jersey is very multicultural, right? Um, so there's there's influence there. So if you listen, there's a man, he's yelling. He's talking about standing up. He's talking about revolution. He's talking about, you know, break, break free from the chains. And he's saying it in Spanish, you know what I mean? Like break free from these chains, stand up. You know what I mean? You you are worth more than this life that you're living. You know what I'm saying? You you are great. Stand up, fight for yourself. You know who that man is that's screaming into the microphone? I do not. That's Fidel Castro. And that's the that's the speech that he gave when he liberated Cuba. You know what I'm saying? And he's speaking to his Cubans, you know what I mean? Before he took the you know, before the coup. And he's telling them, You're great. Cubans are are are, are people of, of 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 greatness, of power. You know what I mean? And, you know, even though, I, you know, I might not have agreed with all of Fidel Castro's ideals and where he was coming from, I felt that speech. You know what I'm saying? Because we all go through our own trials and tribulations. We all, you know what I mean, put on these chains and, and, and wallow in, in places of darkness. But we are all destined for, for greatness, some form of greatness. You know what I mean? So I felt what Fidel was saying to his constituents. I felt what he was saying to the people of Cuba. Stand up, fight for yourself. You know what I mean? If you don't have the strength to fight for yourself, I'm going to fight for you. He took over the country with that ideal. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm, I was just taking that speech, the elements of the speech that I felt, and injecting it into the track and, and you know, defining what are things of beauty for me, and that's fighting for myself. You know what I'm saying? And that's what that song Hermoso 86 is about. Got you. You know what I mean? And so now number three. Number three would be MLK Boulevard. That's the second to the last track. That's track number nine. MLK Boulevard, I reached, re I reached far back into, you know, the roots of my family. And my family is, is rooted in jazz. You know what I'm saying? My mother's godmother was the great Billie Holiday. You know what I mean? Billie Holiday stayed with my family when she was in, you know, court-mandated rehabilitation. You know, before her, her greatest performance, Carnegie Hall, 1947, she stayed with my family for two years in Morristown, New Jersey, in Collinsville. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, in every great city in the United States, you know, in every great city where there is an abundance of, 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 of black people, what street runs through the heart of every city, John? MLK. MLK Boulevard. You know what I mean? That 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 street is the backbone, it's the spine of the of the black neighborhood. I don't care if it's Chicago, Detroit, New York, you know, every town, every city where there's an abundance of black people, there's an MLK Boulevard. And so 
I named that song to identify with MLK Boulevard in Marstown. It, it runs through the heart of Collinsville, right? And, um, you know, I tapped into those jazz roots, you know what I mean? So that horn that you hear, it's not sad, you know what I mean? But it's meaningful, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, it's a meaningful horn solo, and, and it doesn't loop if you listen to that, to that track. It doesn't loop, right? Every verse, every chorus, every bridge... It's its own, you know, stanza. You know what I, I mean? Got you. And, I uh, got you. And the way I did the song, you know, it, it's he's standing in the back of a smoky club and he's just, you know what I mean, just just enjoying his moment in time as he speaks to his people. You know what I mean? So that's what that song is about, man. That's just, you know, I'm I'm projecting that, you know, that horn player to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking to my people, man. And I'm walking up Martin Luther King Boulevard through the spine of my neighborhood, you know, letting them know, hey, this is me. You know what I'm saying? I came from this. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's why it's so personal to me. man. That's awesome, man. And I had to ask you that question because I knew pretty much 85% of the answers you were going to give. And that's only because I know you. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I wanted everyone else to understand where where all this has come from for you this wasn't just some oh look i just bought a new drum machine let me go over here and just make some beats because it seems like it's the right thing to do right now because it seems like the hot thing to do because you know everybody you know when we grew up being a dj was a skill set right and i'm not down in any you know don't take this the wrong way out there but it's a little easier these days mm-hmm. <laughs> to be a DJ right. with all the electronic equipment that's out there. Right. So I just want everyone to understand that you're not just taking advantage of the electronic revolution by utilizing, you know, what you can in order just to make some smooth beats. No. This stuff is personal for you. Well, this I'm... is from a place mm-hmm. of creativity. This is from a place where art is born. No like doubt. we've always said since we started, you know, the podcast, hip hop is art. It's the last greatest art form ever to come ever to come around. No doubt. And it's the greatest art form. It's it's has spread the fastest of any art forms, partly because of the internet being one of the major mediums. But even yet and so, it's so vast and it's spread like crazy. No and doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And I think you know, that's why I mean you connect the way we do, man, because we feel that same passion about music. I mean, to me, like you said, you, I couldn't have said it more perfect myself, John. I mean, it's a lot more than just making beats. You know what I mean? Like, I could give two shits about making money or doing this or, you know, a million people, you know, sharing my album. Would I love if a million people shared my album and listened to it and, you know what I mean, and, and felt what, what I felt as I was making the music? 100%. But if I could reach one person... And they feel what I'm feeling as I as I made that album, then I'm equally as satisfied, equally as 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 happy with the outcome. You know what I mean? And that's why, like, you know, we are so passionate about this about this thing of ours, man. About about hip hop, man. Like, I think and I maintain, very few people truly understand what hip hop is. They tr- they don't get you it. No, I agree. Yeah. And again, I'm not I'm not coming from a place of anger with that. You know what I'm saying? I'm coming from a place of uh, looking at it like an in, 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 in opportunity 
to learn, like a learning opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it makes me happy. You know what I mean? That people don't understand it, you know, the way I feel I do or the way I feel you do or the people that we associate with because it presents us with an opportunity to to come, you know, from a place of of, of love and instruction. You know what I'm saying? And not that it's our place because our opinion don't mean shit to nobody. You know what I'm saying? But if I can, hey, 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 hey. Well, hey. what I'm saying is I, if, 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 if this show is just me and you talking to each other, I'm, I'm happy with that too, man, because I enjoy these conversations. You know what I'm saying? But if one or two people out there could get something from what we're talking about, then I, that makes me extremely happy also. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know, and I, I know you feel the same way. I'm not coming from a place where I'm trying to drive social media or I'm trying to, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to land on Kanye's radar, even though I would love for him to listen to my album. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, John. Like I'm coming from a place of authenticity. You, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not trying to overdo it here. I'm coming from a place of authenticity, and I know for a fact you are too, because we, you know, what a lot of people don't know is that you and I talk a lot behind the scenes, and, and these these episodes are, are but a small snapshot of what it is we talk about. No doubt, man. Yeah. No doubt, man. And I'm very happy that, you know, I get to be the first person to interview you about your album. Oh, man. That's that's that makes me the happiest. I wouldn't have it any other way, man. That, you have no idea. The happiest. <laughs> you have no idea how much that means to me. Really. All I'm right. Not, so. Yeah. All right. So now the final question about your album. OK. And again, again, because I know so much about it, I got to ask questions that, you know, people wouldn't just think to ask mm -hmm. out of all the tracks. I want you to name them all. Okay. Which one first name them all and then say, this one will be the answer to your question. Okay. Which one do you think if any of your tracks hit and go wide, which one do you think it would be? So you want me to go no, through, you go you want me to go name through first name them name them first so name. everybody knows which tracks we're talking about name them first all right so if i was to run down from track one through ten the first track i love these questions john i mean it's really making me go back to the yes to the to the creative process so the first track is called uh lesson fonts right it's a french word that just means the children right, right. the children and um you know if you listen to it it's a sample from one of my favorite movies, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, where the little boy is talking to the seer, you know? And um, it's an intro, right? It's, it's, it's literally me talking to my spiritual guider. You know what I mean? And there's the kids playing in the background and I'm not concerned with them. You know what I'm saying? I'm listening to the seer. I'm trying to reason with them. He's telling me, look, life is hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, you will be seeking treasure and it will not be the treasure you seek. But the real treasure is the journey. The treasure, right. the treasure is not the gold at the end of the rainbow. True. The real treasure is the journey, you know what I mean? Getting to the gold, right? And so he's teaching me. And that's what that's about. And that's I'm and I'm still like I'm still a young man. I'm still learning that. Right. And and, and but I'm at a point in my life where I appreciate the journey. So that's what that's all about. So I, I get a lot of feedback about that track. People really dig that. And some people get it, some people don't, and you know. Um, it's all good, man. So again, I, if I were to, so the second track is Carl's apartment, and we talked about that one. Um, the third track is Abbott. There's a there's a road, there's a street in Marstown called Abbott Avenue, and I just get my hair cut 
on Abbott Avenue at a place called uh, Freddie Mitchell's. And I learned a lot from, from, from Freddie Mitchell about life, about, you know, what it means to be a man, about what it means to sit in this chair and get a haircut and, and get right, as he would say. You know what I mean? No doubt. And, uh, you know, clean up, you know what I'm saying? You know, put your pants up and things of that nature. And, you know, every, you know, the, the, the black community in Morrison, everybody knows each other, man. So just like in any other town, especially in the black community, the barbershop is, is, a, is a place of, of fellowship. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's conversations that happen in, in the barbershop that are, that are invaluable. You know what I'm saying, and it's, it's it's that's what that song is is about, man. Um, it's it's um, it's an up tempo song, it's an up tempo track, and there's a lot going on in that song. I think I thought when I first made this album that that track would have been the most popular, but it's the least popular. <laughs> I got you. When I look at the stats, it's the one that gets the least play, and that's all right too. You know what I'm saying? The next song is called Holiday, and if if you've been listening to anything I've been saying up until this point, you, I think you can pretty much determine where I got the name of that track from. No doubt. Right? So Billie Holiday was, you know, a huge influence in, you know, not just, you know, my life, but the life of my mother, the life of my grandfather. He was her original arranger and piano player, and he, you know, played a, a, a seminal part of, of, of her career and her success. And I sampled a couple of her songs in that track. Um, so that, that, that song is very personal to me. That was, you know, a song I spent a lot of time putting together and arranging and mixing. Um, my nephew, Eric, loves that song, you know, as, you know, and it did exactly what I intended it to do, right? It, it, it forced him to kind of dig back or, you know, dig deeper into the history of our family. And he's learning things about us that he didn't that he didn't know before. You know what I mean? And so they're they're not stories anymore. He can put on the headphones and listen to Billie Holiday. You know what I mean? And um, so that song is very personal. Ferris Wheel I talked about. It's about life. The interlude. Ike Martin's was a popular night spot in Morristown, and it was a night spot that was owned by you know a member of my family. Ike Martin was someone that came up from South Carolina with my grandfather. Carolina Pearson and so he's a distant cousin of of mine um and he owned the bar and so as I got older I would try to go into the bar and I got kicked out every time you got no business being up in here boy you know that type of thing and so that song is 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 a sample of the great Sun Ra Sun Ra is one of my favorite jazz musicians because he was unorthodox in short Sun Ra didn't give a fuck you know what I mean he he broke the the rules of jazz music he broke the rules of arranged popular music and he did what the hell he wanted to do he was also a dope poet and I highly suggest if you have an artistic bone in your body you go on YouTube and just type in Sun Ra poetry and then spend the next six hours getting your mind blown by this man what I can tell you is he most definitely, or maybe he probably was a little high in some of those recordings, but, you know, the, the intelligence, you know, the, the willingness to open his mind to, to, to things other than the material is there. He was also an incredible jazz musician. His band, the orchestra, was amazing. And um, so, yeah, that's where that song came from. 
But the song that I think that I that I think now to answer your question that I think is going to get the most run is going to be the secret, right? And that's the track. Yeah, that's the track. Yeah. That's the track after Hermoso '86. Right. The secret is kind of a departure from the overall theme of the album, and I did that on purpose. I call it the secret because. You know, it's kind of in the cut, right? It's kind of just, it's at the end of the album. It's towards the end anyway. Don't give it away. Don't give it away. Make them listen to yeah, it go a back, little bit. Yeah, go listen to that song, right? So it's, Yeah, it's, let them figure it out. Yeah, I just want to say one thing. So the, the, the guy that you, the poem, the spoken word that you hear on that track is me. Right? It's me. And I hate my voice, so I warped it. I mangled it. But that's me. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about the important thing. So I'm not going to give it away. I want you to listen to that song. That's my favorite song of the whole album. It's the sequel. And then the last track on the album, track number 10, Cuddy. That's, um, you know. Don't forget, you skipped over MLK Boulevard. Well, we talked about that one. We talked yeah, about that. Yeah, true that, but, but that is track number nine, MLK that, Boulevard. That is track number nine. That's, you know, that's, that's one of my favorite tracks also. Cuddy. Ha-ha. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a track that, actually, I made that track first, man. And um, there's some samples in there from my favorite movie of all time, and that's Dead President. And Listen, this is the track that I think. This is... This is my personal favorite. Oh, yeah. Okay. Why? Let me ask you that. Why? Cuddy is my personal favorite because to me, it has that. You know me. You know me, Scott. Always like the gritty. Always like the grit, grit, grit. All types of beats. Give me that gritty. Give me that, you know, and this feels that way to me. Not only that, but back in the day growing up, we had this little you know, stupid little crew <laughs> in my neighborhood. We weren't, you know, not crazy. We just hung out and did music and and my nickname in the crew was Cuddy. Oh, okay. So that's the other reason. I actually had Cuddy cut in the back of my head for about, I don't know, maybe 60 days, maybe 90 days. I think that was the, uh, I, I think that was the run of the, we called ourselves the box crew. Wow, okay. And because we used to, uh, in my hometown of Coriopolis, we used to, uh, there was, a, you know, a set of train tracks and they had boxcars and, you know, they would leave them on the different tracks, you know, mm -hmm. and sometimes they would stay two, three years, you know, cars that just weren't used, whatever. So we commandeered two boxcars that were right, right next to each other. And let me tell you, we laid these boxcars out. We went, we had lawn furniture in it that we acquired around the neighborhood. <laughs> we had, um, we had a generator, uh, we had lights and like on the weekends and stuff, because it was down in the railroad yard, nobody would hear the music. We sit down there, man, music, parties, the whole night. This was, this was in high school. Wow. So again, so again, this, you know, Cuddy, you know, that's. Two of the reasons why it's my favorite. Man, that means a lot. Hearing the perspective, man, it, it, 
It makes it worth it, John. You have no idea what that means to me to hear that. You know what I'm saying? Really. Really, Max. So, yeah, Cuddy was my favorite character in Dead Presidents. You know what I mean? He, he, he was that pimp. You know what I mean? He came in and, and and turned out, you know what I mean? He turned out Lorenz Tate's girl. You know what I mean? And Lorenz Tate came back from the war trying to, trying to you know, be the family man. And, and, and Cuddy was his obstacle. You know what I mean? And so I'm not saying I have that same situation in my life, right? But I'm talking about the obstacle, right? Whatever that obstacle is in your life, you know what I mean? And and how we choose to overcome that obstacle is, is to me, what makes it worth the journey. You know what I'm saying? And that's what this album was, man. It was a journey. Cuddy was that dude, man. So I don't know. I kind of gravitated toward, toward Cuddy. And then for personal reasons... You know, one of my favorite cousins growing up, his name was Carl Friday. His name is Carl Friday. You know, and his nickname is is Cuddy. You know what I mean? And he's and he's locked down right now. You know what I mean? And I'm just, you know, I just want him to know that I didn't forget about about him. You know what I'm saying? And so he was named after my dad. You know what I mean? So this album was extremely personal, man. Extremely personal, you know, as it should be. I think if you if you put your time and energy into something artistic, it's got to be a reflection of your soul. You know what I'm saying? And that's what this is. Yeah, and you know I love it, man. I appreciate it. You know I love it from track to track. I mean, again, Cuddy's my favorite. I mean, I have, you know, it's for me, it's a non-skip. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going through it, and I'm playing each and every one of them. But when I get to Cuddy, I'm like, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) this is this is this is you know and that's what i love about it man you this lp has something and i hate to sound you know kind of i don't know ordinary when i say this but it has something for everybody because like you said with the billy holiday track you know it makes somebody really reminiscent Mm -hmm. you know i'm not i'm not going to go through everything that you said every everyone heard you but i it taps those emotions as you go through track by track by track. You know what I mean? In this LP, while they'll like the whole thing, they'll come up. Oh, wait a minute. I like this one. I like this one. But I love great music. When you can have a person, make a person have a discussion with themselves with respect to because they're arguing with themselves as to what they like the most mm-hmm. about anything. Mm-hmm. I think you really tapped into something. There. I think you really tapped into something there, man. That means, and that I, means, I definitely believe Collins. I definitely believe Collinsville has done that. I appreciate it, John. That means a lot to me, man. It's giving me motivation because I'm working on my next one. Uh, I just started that up last week. So I won't take two years to do that one. I promise you. I, I, I've, I've worked out the kinks and the obstacles. I think I can work a little faster. But um, I've, I've got I've got source material. I've got you know a theme, and I've got the motivation and the work ethic. So I look for that within the next couple of months. But uh, you can find this album on SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Music, you know Spotify, title. It's all it's all over. So. All right. So now, just with a quick transition. Let the people know we're about to discuss on this episode moving forward. Well, I think I think it's a perfect segue into what it is that I want to discuss. You know what I mean? It's 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 where are we today in the state of music and how do we 
you know, because I, I mean, I'll tell you straight up. I mean, I don't think I classify myself. I don't think I classify ourselves as as quote unquote old hip hop heads, man. But where are we at right now with the state of music? And to make it even more specific, you know what I mean? Who do we think we are? And I, when I say we, I'm talking about the hip hop community as a collective. Who do we think we are to make that determination? You know what I mean? I think it's a popular thing to go after these 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 kids, you know what I mean, and and to attack the music that they're listening to, man. But I've got a couple of stories, man, that I think will help clear this thing up a little bit, man. I mean, we're we're in a in a quantity versus quality scenario, man. I mean, streaming services trump all, man. There's there's, there's no longer and the concept of an album, a cohesive collection of tracks that tell a story from start to finish. And that's ironic because we just spent the last 30 minutes talking about that. You know what I mean? So now we're in a situation where you have an artist where, you know, he's releasing singles or she is releasing singles. They're no longer releasing albums that are being consumed. And then you have a situation where what are these singles even about? What is the story being told? What is the message being told? Is there a message? You know what I'm saying? I mean, what is what is considered important? To these kids, I remember as you know, as a kid, you know, listening to you know, Eric being Rakim, and I thought Rakim was this untouchable. I mean, I thought he was more intelligent than my English teacher. I still maintain that he was more intelligent than my English teacher because the words that he was using and the way he was speaking to me through them speakers. Talk about nobody talk ever. About nobody ever talked to me that way before. You know what I'm saying? And I I understood what he was saying. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't know. I would I would like to know if kids these days are having a similar experience, right? So not trying to monopolize the mic, John. I just want to tell this one story, and I'll turn yeah. it over to you. So I was talking to my nephew. I walk in, and we have this connection, right? We, we You know, hip-hop music, that's our thing. We, we enjoy that together. You know what I mean? And he's like, Uncle Scott, did you hear Lil Baby's new track? And... Again, I'm, I'm coming from a place of, of, of objectivity now. You know what I'm saying? I'm not coming from a place of I will only listen to anything that came out before 1997. I'm no longer that dude. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, nah, Neff, I haven't heard Lil Baby, but let me hear it. So he pulls out his phone. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he plays the track. All right, three minutes later, we, we discuss it, right? So, <clears throat> Nephew, what, what was it about that track that you liked? It was hot, Uncle Scott. But what was hot about it? What what did he say? What did he tell you? And he can't he can't articulate, he can't verbalize what Lil Baby was saying in the track. I said, all right, play it again. So he plays the song again. But now I can tell he's getting embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? So I, my, that's not my objective. My objective is not to embarrass him. You know what I'm saying? I'm just looking at it as a learning or a teaching opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Tell me, what, what did he say? And he's like getting frustrated. Why does it matter what he said? The song is hot. It's number one right now. So I, as, as to the left as that sounds to me and where I'm coming from in this thing of ours and hip-hop, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't give a shit about numbers. I know you don't either. You know what I'm saying? It's not about numbers, man. It's about, it's about what I'm taking away from the message. And maybe I'm thinking too much. Maybe I'm thinking too hard about it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's just, maybe, maybe music, maybe that's not the intent. Maybe that wasn't Lil Baby's intent. Maybe his intent wasn't to teach my nephew something. Maybe his intent was just to turn up. And if that's what his intent was, then it's all right. But why is that song number one? 
You feel me? Why is that song number one where if you go like to, you know, country or even R&B, the song that's number one, it's got a message. You see what I'm saying? They're talking about love. They're talking about, you know, the journey that this man well, took. Wait, slow down. Not We talked about that because not all R&B. But anyway, I understand the gist. Of yeah, I'm not saying. trying. I'm not. I'm not blanketing. I'm not. I'm, I'm generalizing. You know what I'm saying? I'm generalizing. Why is it? And again, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna light up a firecracker here. Why is it that you got an artist? You know what? I'm not gonna ask this question yet, John. I want you to speak first. No, I just. I. I. I understand what you're saying. I mean, finish your point for sure. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying with respect to. He couldn't articulate the message in the music because there wasn't one. He couldn't tell me why it was hot. He couldn't tell me why. You right. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, mm-hmm. It's only hot because everyone says it's hot. Right. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, there isn't any substance, you know? Yeah. So like you said, I don't want to say the same thing because it'll sound like I'm just repeating what you already said and using different words, but we're going to agree that a lot of what's hot today lacks a lot of substance. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people are really diving into that uh, enough to describe like, all right, why doesn't it have substance? Because it's art, so therefore art should be should have substance because it's supposed to come from an emotional place. Like we talked about with Collinsville. Mm-hmm. It's it's Collinsville is heavy. It's deep. It's intricate. You just can't sit down in one play and digest it all. It's just like, you can't just watch the Godfather once and digest it all. You just can't. There's too many layers there. So I think that's why he struggled with explaining to you why this little baby track was hot. Because he don't know. It's just, okay, it's hot because everyone says it's hot. Right. And you touched on something when you were, you know, when you first was was, was talking about, you know, what, what I said. You said about social media. You know, is that is that the judge and the jury now? Is social media, you know, the, the overall determining factor of what's hot? And do we have to follow? I think that's what's happening, man. Like, we, you know... Again, I'm not I'm not trying to put my nephew out there. You know what I'm saying? That's not my intent. My intent is not to embarrass my nephew. I'm talking about the music community in general, man. I mean, are we followers now? Is that what we're doing now? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I, I just can't subscribe to that. You know, I'm not judging. If that's what we're doing, if that's what we're doing, if, we, if, if, if we're following now, then cool. Just say that's what it is. Like, so when the Grammys come around, when whatever BET Awards, whatever bullshit is happening right now, Say it like it is, like, yo, Cardi B is your Grammy winner because she's got X million number of followers on on IG. Or, you know what I'm saying, she got the most number of retweets or whatever like that. Don't tell me that Cardi B's album was the number one joint of 2018 or whatever fuck the year she won. Because that's some bullshit, John. You know what I'm saying? Cardi B is your is your is your Grammy winner? And I'm again, I'm not using the Grammy Awards as a measure of of the best album in hip hop. I'm success. using it. Success. success. Yeah, yeah, I Correct. couldn't find the word. My bad. 
all the other artists that's out there that are that's available for you know that were even in the same category that were up for that award. 2019 Grammy Award for Best Rap Album. The nominees are Mac Miller, Swimming, Nipsey Hussle, Victory Lap, Pusha T, Daytona, Travis Scott, Astro World, and Cardi B, Invasion of Privacy. Your winner is Cardi B, Invasion of Privacy. Come on, man. I mean, over Nipsey, over over Mac Miller. That swimming joint over, was, was classic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, but Mac Miller, you know, that's an acquired taste as well. Mm-hmm. But you got Nipsey, and you said who else? Pusha, Daytona. Pusha, yeah, Daytona. Yeah. Now again, Come on, man. Again, Come on, man. again, Come not on. trying to be judgmental, right? But I think we I'm can, being uh, judgmental. I'm judging. I'm but, standing in judgment. But let me let me let me come let me let me let me just come with this for a second, right? Not debating Cardi B's hustle game, right? She works hard. You know what I'm saying? But I challenge anybody, man, to 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 tell me that Cardi B has got any semblance of talent at all to do this. She might be a great whatever it is that she does. You can't tell me that Cardi B is a talented hip hop artist, bro. I mean, let's just be real together. All of us. Can we all come to that agreement? I mean, say what you, I mean, come on. I mean, for real, say, say something about this in the comments, guys. Cardi B is not a talented hip-hop artist. Let's just come together on that. Can we do that, John? No, I'm already there. I mean, you know, I already said I respect her hustle because to me, I think, and, and this may be a little controversial, you know, for some people, but, you know, I don't care, but, you know, you can say what you will about her lyrics, but to me, a female taking that stripping game and flipping it up into anything, real estate, right. whatever, you know, to right. me, that's a hustler. Right. That's something different. You know what I mean? Because Jay-Z said it, put me anywhere on this earth and I'll triple my worth. Right. Right. So yeah. her hustle game, going from a stripper to going to where she is right now, hats freaking off, standing yeah. ovation. No doubt. Hands. You know hands, what I mean? Yo, right. I'll stand up. Yeah. Stand right. ovation. Stand ovation. Right. No doubt. Right. Right. And I will tell you this. If when her if her song comes, I, you know, all right, cool. Her song's on. I ain't gonna be like throwing anything at the DJ to take it off, you know. Like you know, like if it was like uh, I don't know, what was that one white chick that was hot in the rap game for a minute? I can't remember her name. Oh, Iggy Azalea. Yeah, whatever her name was. See, you know, I I I throw something at the DJ if he put that on and I'm around. But see, here's my problem with that. I'm sorry, John. I'm not trying to cut you off, man. I just I just want to say this before I forget it. That's fine. Make an album. You know what I'm saying? Make a track. Release a single. But don't give her a Grammy. You know what I'm saying? Don't tell the world that this is the measure of excellence. Right. For right. hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. My thing is this, bro. My thing is this. The powers that be, whoever they are, they always seem to gravitate towards, you know, when it comes to, I'm talking about when it comes to, 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 to people of color, Okay. They always seem to to gravitate towards the caricature of that of 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 our culture. They gravitate towards the one that that fits the stereo that fits that the stereotype. Fits the stereotype and the most lampoonish. Right. Not only just fits the stereotype, but the most lampoonish right. of the stereotype. Right. I mean, come on, man. Like, not coming from a place of hate. Like Cardi B, girl, do your thing. Come on, fellas. She is not the measure of excellence in this thing of ours. You know what I'm saying? Or, or let's just say this. Let's say this to the Grammys. 
just come out and say, the only thing we're basing this on is sales. We're not basing it on the most talent. We're not basing it on any of those other things. The only thing we're basing this award on are sales. Because then people will come into it with their eyes wide open saying, okay, this right here is a sales contest. This, this has nothing to do with anything else. Right. This is just the sales contest. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think people, because, you know, you have so many people out there, you know, boycott the Grammys and this and this and this and this and this and this. And I think that just comes back to what we, you know, talk about a lot on the podcast, which is just being honest. You know, we love the music when it's authentic. It can be, you know, and I and and, and I will say this for Cardi B's ghostwriters and, you know, uh, maybe she has had some input on her lyrics and they, you know, however that development process happens. As I appreciate the fact that her lyrics aren't about her being a freaking brain surgeon. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Her lyrics are about her being a stripper. You know what I mean? It's it's her her content is her life. And I can't get but you know, now I think her music is for strippers and failed drug dealers, personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you're banging Cardi B for inspiration, <laughs> then I I think something's wrong with you. You know, but I think the Grammy should just come out and just say that because I think people will then have more respect for it and understand it and take it for what it is. Agreed. Agreed. So in an effort not to sound like that angry old hip-hop head, because I think that's the direction we're going, (laughs) what is the measure of excellence? Well, you know, you and I talked about this so many different times. Hip-hop is so subjective. It is. And, you know, we have agreed that any list that has ever put together of the top five, top 10, top, you know, I think the only time you can get into some true objectivity is if you go top 50 or above, because then, you know, some lesser named artists will get thrown in there. But if you're doing a top five, a top 10, it's all based on emotion. But, you know, and like me, even, even for me, even though it's as objective as I try to be, because I automatically say every list is bogus unless it has, KRS-One is number one. Yeah. So, you know, and even though I'm a big Jay-Z fan and, you know, I'm a big Fonte fan, there's a lot of cats that I'm a big fan of, but, you know, I just feel that KRS is the, he's the, he's the teacher, you know? But um, but with that being said, man, I mean, I, I to answer your question, I just think that the music just has to, what it should be judged on, in my opinion, if you're trying to judge who is the best, not who sold the most, I think it should be judged on artistic value. You know what I mean? And that artistic value, I mean, hip hop is about being able to wax poetically about one's own personal experience and to make that waxing poetically entertaining as well as portable to a lot of different people so it reaches them and it touches them and is gives them any emotional response. So did we just define what Cardi B is doing? I don't think she's reaching people on a on a on a substance type level. Mm-hmm. I think I think her music is on the opposite end of that. I think her music really is just you know, I used to say Missy Elliott's music is, you know, it's good for hip hop because it's party music. 
The same thing with Ludacris. It's good for hip-hop because it's party music. You know what I mean? Because everything can't be P.E. Everything can't be J.C. Right. Everything, can't be, right. everything, can't, everything can't be deep. Right, right. You know I, I agree with that. Every, you know what I mean? You don't even, even the ocean has a beach. Right. You know what I mean? Where you walk into it, you know? So everything can't be the deepest of the deepest. That's what I'm saying as far as artistic value. And I don't think artistic value or, or it should be measured by what sells the most because what sells the most isn't what makes the art form of any form sustainable. Yeah, I agree with that. You, you understand what I'm saying? So yeah. now, although it would be objective, I think the panel to judge as far as the best hip hop artistically, I think the panel to judge that must be hip hop folks. They must be steeped in the culture. They must be former, just like getting into the Hall of Fame. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. to get into the Hall of Fame, you it's of people, you know, the, the votes, the sports writers, and they give it to the sports writers because they feel as though the sports writers know all the statistics. You know what I mean? And they give the owners a vote because they feel like the owners and they get the players because those are the, so to judge it artistically, I think the panel would be like KRS-One, Grandmaster Cast. You know what I mean? I, I think those cats. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It should be on that panel to judge it artistically because I think that's the only time you're going to be able to get it where there's subject, where there's objectivity in order for the culture to remain sustainable and we're measuring the artistic importance in order to push the culture forward. Well, I think that would definitely add some some credence to a Grammy Award, you know, and I think you touched on something there. Like having the members on the panel for the various awards from all different generations, you know what I mean? So you said Grandmaster Cast and all them dudes, but have like a like a ninth wonder with who I believe is on that panel. Or like right. a, like a KRS, you know what I'm saying? Somebody that could really speak to, you know, what this hip hop thing is about. You know, I think that would definitely give the, the Grammy Award for this category a, a little bit more weight. You know what I mean? So Instead of, which I know, it, it's based on public appeal, right? If, if a Grammy award is supposed to be a measure, or any award, I, I say Grammy because I'm, I'm, I'm all-inclusive here, right? Grammy, BT, whatever. If it's going to be a measure of excellence, right, your social media reach can't be, a, can't be one of those, you know, factors. You know what I mean? It's, it's got to be, you know, why can't a guy that released an album on Bandcamp win a Grammy award? If his music fits the criteria, if he's got six followers on Bandcamp, but his album is is sonically superior than Cardi B, why can't he win? Right? Yeah, I don't disagree. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are people who who get paid a lot more money to make those decisions, man. But that's kind of where my where my issues come into play, man. Like, I'm not saying Cardi B can't make music. And again, I'm being all inclusive here. To me, when I say Cardi B, I'm talking about Little Baby. I'm talking about the Migos. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm talking about all of them, right? There's a lane. I get it, right? I get it. I'm not again. In my efforts to not be that old hip hop head, I get it. There's a lane. You know what I'm saying? And, and there's and there's music, and and that was true even you know back when we were young, John. I mean, there were lanes, and there were songs that filled those lanes for various things. You know what I'm saying? In in life, for various life things. And I think Cardi's music is 
if it, it has a lane, it has a purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I have no doubt that you walk into any club in any city in the U.S. and, and, and any Cardi B song like Tatiana come on or, or Bodak come on, and, you know, they're going to turn up. That's the purpose of the song. You know what I'm saying? But don't give her a Grammy <laughs> for that. Right. And, and you know what? I can even get with some Migos tracks, man, because to me, again, it's party music. Yeah, it's turn up music, no doubt. Right, right. It's just sitting in the club, you know, because it's kind of hard. Mm-hmm. To sit there and dance to something or to turn up to something that you're trying to be in, intellectually inspired by. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't turn up the opera. Mm-hmm. You sit back and you listen. You let it, you don't turn up the jazz. Right. You sit back and you absorb it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I again, like we talked about before, man, like you just said, there's a lane for it. And let's separate it so, therefore, we can truly judge the music based on its peers and its contemporaries versus just calling it all fruit and we're judging an apple and trying to be a banana. No doubt. No doubt, man. So to wrap up this app, how do we embrace, you know, how do we embrace as as. I don't want to say purveyors, but as, you know, as people that are passionate about hip hop culture and the beginnings of it and the journey that hip hop culture has taken, you know what I mean? To where it is today from where it started, how do we embrace where it's going from here on? How do we embrace that and not sound like those, the angry hip hop head, the angry old hip hop head? How do we do that? Cause you know, that's what the kids are calling us, man. Well, nephew, yeah, you know, what yeah. I'm saying? my nephew calls me that, you know, are you just an angry old hip hop head? Don't you know what I'm saying? Like, how do we how do we embrace them now and say, look, we understand because that's what we was doing. You know, my dad couldn't stand it. You know what I'm saying? I remember playing a song for him. He's like, yo, that's that's James Brown. I said, like, no, dad, this, this is public enemy. He's like, no, that's James Brown. You know, what I mean, he 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 heard the sample. He heard the drums. Right. Right. So how do we now, you know, what I mean, flip that and how do we embrace you know, where the coach is going. I'll let, you, I, I'll let you take us out. I think we do it the same way you just explained how your grandfather just told you who that was on that sample. One of the things I don't see with today's music that I saw when hip-hop came through is the fact that there isn't that past generation that's, or that current generation that's already experienced their, their music explosion for their generation because every generation has a music explosion a music you you know it's something that comes along um but in this current age there's there's a big divide because i don't think that the conversation is being had with respect to why it's important to make the music sustainable I think that's where the conversation is lacking. Whereas everybody's just interested in turn up music and we're just interested in, you know, the old school and the conversation is being missed as to, okay, why is the old school important? Why do you think the turn up music should be in its own lane? And we can just call it that. Why don't we reclass that music as just turn up music versus keeping it in the same lane with the KRS? Because I think, the industry itself had a self-correction over the last 36 months, or excuse me, 24 months. Mm-hmm. Look at the number 
a former hip hop artist that released tracks in the last 24 months. I'm, and I'm talking about former heavyweights who have been out the game for a while. I'm talking about the M and M's. I'm, uh, I mean, you know, what I mean, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, you look at, hell, I can go with KRS released a track, Method Man released an LP, um, him and Red Man released an LP. Uh, I could keep going on and on and on. Uh, Rakim released an LP. Um, there are so many former hip hop artists have been releasing LPs, man, in order to show the culture like, yo, this is what hip hop truly is. Scarface released the C- uh, CD. And I'm not just talking about these are like honorable mentions. I mean, these joints are hot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? These things are hot. And it's bringing the culture. I think they're the ones. I don't think you and I, being on this end of the mic, can turn that big ship known as the hip-hop culture. I think we can start the conversation, but I think it's those heavyweights in hip-hop that got to keep releasing music and not just releasing their own music, but have those labels where they're putting out more Kendrick Lamars. They're putting out more J. Coles. They're putting out more of the Logics. They're putting out more of the Locksmiths. They're putting out you know, I can keep going on and on, you know what I mean, um, with your boys, you know what I mean, from that whole mellow music group, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, whereas because you have titans in hip-hop, such as the jay Z, such as these different cats, who now, guess what, we don't have to go through all the big Sonys and all those big houses in order to get the same amount of influence so now we're going to start releasing the real hip hop to drown out all that commercial industry hip hop that's only being formulated for the bottom feeders of the music culture. And that's not going to help us be sustainable. So I think that's how it has to happen. I think it has to happen from the Titans in hip hop taking ownership and directing which way hip hop goes. Hey, John, I couldn't agree more. And that's exactly why I asked you to take us out, man, because that's that John L. knowledge, man. I appreciate that, man. Let's tell the people where they can reach us, man. How can we find you on social media? Oh, all my social media platforms is all the same. It's John, J-O-H-N, the letter L, and then my last name, of course, Smithson, S-M-I-T-H-S-O-N. And that's, uh, that's Instagram, that's Facebook, and, of course, that's Twitter. And they can, you know, you can also reach us at the light podcast the t-h-e light l-i-g-h-t podcast p-o-d-c-a-s-t and again that's all that's across all social media platforms instagram twitter and facebook and scott how can they reach you man i keep it simple just like you man you can find me on ig at light of scott and hit me up anytime i respond to all inquiries i respond to all questions um, really active on social media. Hit me up anytime. I'm there.